Greetings, everybody, and welcome back to episode 20 of Extreme Evo Cast, an all purpose Pokemon podcast where we talk about news, trivia, and everything related to Pokemon. Uh, let me just say thank you so much uh, for 20 episodes. I know that's not really a milestone because it's something that I'm doing, uh, and realistically, we're kind of at like 22, 23, but because of the half episodes, but episode 20. Um, one fifth of a hundred. <laughs> it's it's a small milestone, I know, which is why I'm not making a huge deal out of it. But it's still very nice, uh, to think about, and to think about that I've almost been doing this entire thing for a year. It'll be like I think three episodes from now, uh, episode twenty three, where it'll have been for an entire year because there were two half episodes, uh, and uh, episode twenty three will be so. So the twenty fifth episode will be. Uh, one year of EvoCast, and I'm going to do something special, uh, most likely, uh, for that. But uh, thank you so much for my listeners, uh, or to my listeners, <laughs> for uh, supporting me through 20 episodes so far. 22, realistically, but it's episode 20, so I thought I'd do it now. Uh, today is going to be a little bit of a shorter episode, I imagine, um, just for preparation. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, it is very late where I am, and I don't really want to stay up super late. Uh, and I, I apologize for if I kind of just threw everything, through everything together. Uh, I'm not really sure if I mentioned this last week, but, uh, finals is right now or was right now. Uh, I am completely done with my finals as I am making this episode, which is, oh, let me tell you a relief. <laughs> I have been struggling and working really hard. Lots of all-nighters. Lots of lots and lots of all-nighters uh, working to finish these finals. I've done animations. I've done or an animation. I've done a film. I had to study for tests and, you know, lots of different stuff to do. Uh, but it's over. It's finally over. And I am going home from college uh, later this afternoon as I record this episode at 5 o'clock in the morning. Uh, don't judge me. I have been working hard. <laughs> Uh, and I want to, I want, I really, really wanted to upload this episode, uh, on time. So it is, it is Wednesday at five in the morning. Um, don't worry about me. I'm, I'm okay. I've been, I, I'm, you know, I'm going on break immediately after tonight. Actually, I'm literally going home tonight, uh, after I finish my last class, which is, uh, in like six hours, I have a final to do it, I don't know why I'm talking about my life story right now, but I will be on break uh this tonight i will get good sleep i will be i will be fine i have no work i'm going to play sword and shield and just enjoy myself uh but for the meantime uh we are going to discuss pokemon sword and shield speaking of and uh today is going to be the second day of my review uh of my three-part review uh the the third part uh will be on christmas day uh which is very exciting uh but this is the second part uh where i'm going to be talking about the gameplay and the story, uh, and tomorrow episode three will be my my final, uh, my final thoughts, my final my final opinions, uh, and also will be about the post game, and the battle tower, which I know is a really really big part of the game, and mostly because uh, I haven't finished it yet. <laughs> uh, there's there's a few things there's a few things that I that I haven't gotten to and a few things that I that I really really want to talk about in the, on the third episode that I just haven't had time to do. Uh, like I know I'm talking about gameplay today, uh, but I'm not going to be doing I'm not going to be talking about like max raid battles or anything like that because I have only gotten as far to get to like tier three 
uh, and I've only done like one tier five and I really want to like experience it first before I really talk about my opinions uh, about about doing a lot of max raid battles. Um, so I'm only I'm not going to be talking about it today, but I will be talking about quite a lot. And uh, if, if you haven't realized it already, this is a spoiler warning. Uh, I am going to be talking about Pokemon Sword and Shield today. So uh, if you haven't had a chance to pick it up yet, if you haven't had a chance to to really, you know, uh, dive into it just yet. Uh, don't listen to today's. Don't listen to today's episode. If you want to experience it for yourself, please just go play the game or wait and uh, wait to listen to this episode before or after you play the game because I'm going to be talking about the core mechanics and my experiences with them in this game or this in this episode. So please, please, that that was your warning to switch off now if you haven't had a chance to play the game yet. Uh, anyway, before we jump into that, uh, I said last time that I am going to be going over a little bit of news um for this episode uh we have a little bit of december news uh this is of course on um coming from Cerebi. uh i didn't have a chance to talk about the november news but i don't really think that there's much that's super interesting it's mostly just kind of pokemon sword and shield came out hooray uh and some you know and some stuff yeah i'm looking through right now there's really not that much uh, so it's not that not that big of a deal. Um, first off, uh, there is a Eevee Funko Pop coming soon. Uh, Funko has announced its next line of Pop Vinyl figures. The next Pokemon-related figure is an Eevee and is due for release in North America soon. At present, no further details have been announced. Well, that is just dandy. Um, yeah, I, ha- I mean, I have a Bulbasaur one. I've been meaning to pick up the Pikachu one. I haven't had a chance yet. I really like the Bulbasaur one. I'm not really a big fan of Funko Pops. I think every time I talk about Funko Pops, I'm always like, eh, I'm not a big fan, but I have like f- 14 of them. Uh, just because, you know, some of them I think are cute. The rest of them I think are scary, and I don't like them. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, on the, the in, you know, in the, uh, in the, the news, I'm sorry, I'm scrolling through looking for something to talk about look i have my notes but looking for something specifically yeah here we go okay so uh pokken tournament is getting a official uh tournament the championship uh from nintendo or from game freak i guess um it is the uh they're it's being so so there's a lot of different places there's uh in in australia there's the Oceania International Championships in Europe. It's being held in Berlin, Germany. And in North America, it's being held in... It doesn't say. It does not say. And last chance qualifier Pokemon World Championships is in London, England. Uh, the grand prize is... Uh, the For the Masters Division, uh, the, grand fri- the grand prize is $1,250. Uh, for the Senior Division... Uh, the grand prize is, is a Nintendo Switch console and 72 Pokemon trading card game packs. God damn. Uh, for first place for the Pokemon World Championships is six six thousand uh, dollars. And for senior and for the senior division, it is uh three thousand dollars on a Pokemon Visa prepared card. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but but hey. So if you're into a if you're into Pokemon tournament and are really really good. Get your tickets, I suppose. If you want to try your, try your, you know, place your bets. Uh, try your hand. Uh, next on the list is um, there's a lot of Pokemon Go stuff. We're gonna save the Pokemon Go stuff for uh, for later, uh, for right after this one, which is Gigantamax Snorlax was released. 
uh, Gigantamax Snorlax. Um, there's also um, Gigantamax Snorlax will be available um, in Max Raid Battles, or it was available. Ugh. Yikes. I, yeah, apparently uh, it is done already. It was a week ago. So my apologies. I didn't know that. I regret not looking at that and knowing about that. I should have gotten myself a Gigantamax Snorlax, but I'm sure I can get one from somebody if I really need it. That's unfortunate. Uh, so yeah, Gigantamax Snorlax raid, Max Raid Battles are not available anymore, unfortunately. Uh, but um, but yeah, Gigantamax Snorlax was officially released, uh, and its new move, G-Max Replenish, restores a used berry for both and its partner. I don't know what its partner means, but... Oh, probably for Pokemon in Max Raid Battles. Okay, that's that's interesting. So yeah, it uh, so it replenishes uh, used up berries, which is pretty good, especially on Snorlax, who who make good use of berries. Uh, anyway, uh, next in the news is all the Pokemon Go stuff, uh, and the biggest Pokemon Go stuff is the Community Day that is happening soon, the big uh, 2019 wrap up Community Day. Uh, Niantic has announced the next Pokemon Go Community Day on December 14th and 15th. It will feature the return of Pokemon from all community days in 2019. They spawn all weekend for three hours each day. Uh, on Saturday, Totodile, Swinub, Trico, Torchic, Slackoth, and Bagon. And on Sunday, Mudkip, Ralts, Traphinch, Turtwig, and Chimchar. The event will ca- the event will have two times capture experience, two times capture Stardust, and half egg distance, as well as three hour lure modules. It'll also bring raids for all the 2018 raid Pokemon from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. local time each day. Saturday, Pokemon appearing in raids will be Bulbasaur, Charmander, Squirtle, Pikachu, Eevee, Dratini, Chikorita, Cyndaquil, Mareep, Larvitar, and Beldum. And uh, most of the same are going to be from eggs. Uh, Bulbasaur, Charmander, Pikachu, Dratini, no Eevee, Totodile, Mareep, Swinub, Larvitar, Trico, Torchic, Slykoth, and Bagon. And on Sunday... Pokemon appearing in raids, Bulbasaur, Charmander, Squirtle, Pikachu, Eevee, Dratini, Chikorita, Cyndaquil, Marie, Blavitar, and Beldum, and those are all the same. And Pokemon available to hatch from eggs, Squirtle, Eevee, Chikorita, Cyndaquil, Mudkip, Ralts, Trapinch, Beldum, Turtwig, and Chimchar. All the ones that were not named in the first one. <gasps> okay, that was a lot of listing. Uh, but the community day runs from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Uh, in each local time zone. Uh, for on each day so that is very exciting so it's a two-day uh community day, much like the one that we had last time and i'm very very excited about this one uh just you know we've we, we got so many so many pokemon to catch so many so many pokemon that i missed out on that i'm hopefully gonna get uh if i have the the opportunity to i'm very very excited about this this community day and of course uh, I will do a Ravunity Day uh, next time, probably on Christmas, um, if I even have the chance to do it. I'm going home before the Community Day happens, and you know how I feel about me going home when playing Pokemon Go, because uh, there I live in gosh darn nowhere, the middle of gosh darn nowhere, sorry, not just nowhere, the middle of nowhere, uh, so I have no possible chance of catching any Pokemon, but I will go out maybe to town uh, during the weekend and catch some, some catch some good Pokemon because I really really need these Pokemon. 
and I hope that uh, anyone who's listening to this now uh, and it hasn't happened yet has a good time going to catch some Pokemon and I wish you luck with your shinies also all all of the Pokemon will be available as shiny I think I failed to mention that just like every other community day uh, they will they will have uh, they will be able to be shiny Ooh, excuse me all right so uh, last minute spoiler warnings if you haven't left yet please leave if you have just leave just don't listen to the podcast anymore no I'm kidding please please stay uh, if you haven't listened, if you haven't played Pokemon Sword and Shield yet, please go away. Just scram, you know, get out of here. Listen, come back later. Uh, but if you have, uh, that, that you know, that now that everyone else who, now the, the degenerates who haven't been able to play the game yet. Now I'm kidding, of course. Uh, so, but for the people who are continuing to listening, uh, let's get started on uh, review number two, day number two. Uh, so the game mechanics. First of all, I want to talk about the art and the look of the game. A lot of people was obvi- were obviously giving the game backlash when it first came out because of, you know, how it looked like it didn't belong on the Switch and how it was horrible and the art and stuff. I think now, after after watching, after playing this game almost twice of the way through, it looks amazing. I, like, you'll hear, if, if you watch my streams, watching me play my Nuzlocke, and and if you you know watching me play it you'll hear me say over and over again how beautiful this game is it's i think it's absolutely gorgeous i think that the 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 landscapes are beautiful the textures and the art is just are gorgeous the just the lighting everything it looks so good the characters look really good the models look really really good the updated pokemon models are gorgeous you know not not remodeled but updated to the switch the big black hefty outlines are gone the pixelated look on the 3ds they're gone it looks amazing uh and just wow <laughs> uh i love the look of the game i hope that every pokemon game looks like this I, if you compare pokemon let's go eevee and sword and shield you can see the difference and if you compare sun and moon with sword and shield you can definitely see the difference it is beautiful screw everyone who talks about how this game doesn't look good or doesn't look as good to be on the switch i don't care if it looks as good as it if it that it should it still looks amazing um but yeah i mean seriously no complaints no complaints there uh, i think the game looks beautiful i think the battles look beautiful the backgrounds the characters everything everything looks so good uh moving on the game mechanics specifically uh, i want to talk about um the changes that they made from let's go pikachu and eevee of course let's go pikachu and eevee were more spin-off games so i didn't expect them to do anything like that obviously the the go pokemon go-esque uh catching system is gone uh, if you haven't had a chance to play the game or have not seen a single bit of footage of the game yet you know the, that that is gone thankfully uh, not that i didn't like it i was just hoping that they wouldn't bring it in the main series games um but Pokemon appear in the grass, uh, which is a great and very welcome change. Uh, Pokemon appear walking around in the grass, and they also can be encountered normally in the grass. You know, there's like exclamation points that walk around, sort of appear in the grass, and if you walk near them, they'll they will attack you. So you don't necessarily have to just dodge Pokemon anymore because you can run into Pokemon just wild in the grass. Um, and a lot of people are saying that the reason why, you know, I heard people com- say complaints about how this game is really short. 
uh, Sword and Shield, how it could be beaten in a few hours. I think it took me, then again, I was doing my Nuzlocke. It took me, I think, like 20, 23 hours, maybe a little bit less than that um, to beat it. Then again, I was doing a Nuzlocke, so I was being very careful, very slowly. It was also my first time through. Um, you know, if that says anything. So first time through, if you're doing a Nuzlocke, it took me a veteran, like 20, 22, 23 hours, something like that. So it's not necessarily a super short game, uh, but it is, uh, it is on the, it is on the shorter side compared to a lot of other Pokemon games, uh, at least for the first time. Uh, and I think, a, I think the reason for that is because of encounters. I think that the less amount of encounters really, really cuts down on the game time. And I think that's a good thing. I think that if we were to do the same thing in every other Pokemon game, I think that it would also cut down the time. Uh, it's also because of the uh, permanent EXP share effect, uh, which was not a thing until this game. Uh, the EXP share in X and Y became a mechanic where every single Pokemon in the party gets EXP, and then in Sun and Moon they kept that, and then, all same with uh, Oras, and then in sword and shield they became it becomes permanent you can't turn it off every pokemon in your party gets exp no matter what unless it's fainted uh which also contributes to the uh the length and also the uh difficulty of the game uh which a lot of people are saying that it's very easy uh i think that it was pretty easy i think that it was it was uh it was you know i it was easy i mean Okay, so far it's been easy. Uh, for my Nuzlocke, the Nuzlocke was pretty hard. Uh, we lost quite a lot of Pokemon. I say we, I lost quite a bit of Pokemon in the Nuzlocke. Um, but that's just because it's a Nuzlocke. Nuzlocke's are always pretty unforgiving. Uh, but this one was, whew, this one was very, 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 uh, very hard, I think, in my opinion. Not as hard as other games. I think it, like, to give, to give a, to give a gauge for people who have done Nuzlocke's before, it was about as difficult as an X and Y Nuzlocke. X and Y was a very easy game, but Nuzlocke-wise, it was very hard, I think, in my opinion, when I did a Nuzlocke. Um, I almost lost that one quite a lot, uh, and I think it was on the same realm. Uh, we, we, we finished the game with a lot of Pokemon. We finished the game with a lot of Pokemon that I that like I could have caught in the wild area, but I just didn't because I didn't need them. Um, so it was definitely on the easier side. I recommend doing a Nuzlocke. I think it makes the game really fun, especially if you've never played the game before, but that's just me. I was looking for something entertaining and fun to stream. Um, but if you want to do a Nuzlocke, uh, I would, I would say try it's, it's fun. It's very, very fun. I recommend it. Uh, but if you're just getting the game and you want to just enjoy the game for yourself, uh, it's not too hard. It's pretty darn easy. Uh, I'm playing through on my own time and my Pokemon are like level 50 by like the, like, like they're, they're like five levels lower than the, the final battle at like this, like the seventh gym. So like, I, I am certainly overpowered right now. Granted, I'm overpowered because I've been catching every Pokemon uh, and even taking, taking a lot of time out of my uh, taking, I can't talk taking a lot of time uh, out of it to go and catch Pokemon that I haven't gotten in my Pokedex yet and catching Pokemon gives you XP. So it certainly is uh, a little bit, um, 
I am a little biased saying that it's easy because uh, one, I did a Nuzlocke of it and that really skewed my expectations. And then when I went into it on my own time, I just like, I'm just like really overpowered, but you know, so don't take my word for it. Take everything that I say with a grain of salt because of those weird things that I've been doing. Uh, but honestly, it's really not that bad. It's, you know, it's not too hard. It's not too easy. It's, I think it's a pretty good mix. Um, a few other things, uh, before we get into the story, the wild Pokemon scaling is very odd in my opinion. Uh, a lot of the I, I I don't remember if this was the case in other games. I don't think it is because I don't. I it caught me off guard and it caught it's it it sat it, it felt like something that is that has never happened before and it really felt very unnatural to me. Was that a lot of the Pokemon in the wild were like sometimes five or six levels higher than the the trainer battles in the area and I feel like the trainers should normally be higher than the route that the wild pokemon are on like for example on route seven or route eight i mean on route eight it's like in the in the in the ice area at the very end you can find a wild snom at like level 49 and then the trainer that you fight right next to it is like level 42 so like that doesn't really make a lot of sense and that was really hard for a nuzlocke because a lot of the times you would go into a route and the pokemon would be six or seven levels higher than your higher po- than like some of your lower pokemon and it was it was terrifying that's why how we lost a few pokemon or i lost a few pokemon uh and it was really really hard <laughs> in that sense um so watch out for that uh that's one thing that i just saw as really odd to me the fact that some of the pokemon like the pokemon in the wild just really really scaled up and you know this wasn't even talking about the pokemon of the wild area which i'll talk about in just a moment but like oh my lord it's like even in the pokemon and the roots of the main story are just like beefed up every time you get to a new area and it's very surprising and it's almost i i kind of like it because it it adds a little bit of challenge to an otherwise pretty easy game uh i I think that the wild pokemon are sometimes harder than the trainers also mostly because i don't know if i'm just unlucky or (laughs) the pokemon in this game have insanely high catch rates I have been struggling so much to catch Pokemon in this game. (laughs) Every Pokemon that I go up against takes like five or six balls, even at like low health. I was, when I was trying to catch a Cramorant for my Pokedex the other day, it took me like 30 Ultra Balls and it was paralyzed and it was at red health and it still would not get in the ball. A Cramorant, like just a bird. It's not like a pseudo legendary or like a super high level strong Pokemon. It was like level 45. And it, it I, I don't know if I'm just unlucky, but that Cramorant was the death of me. It took, it ate like 30 of my balls before I caught it. And I was so mad at this stupid Cramorant. But like, and a lot of the Pokemon seem to have this problem, not problem, this mechanic or just this, this catch rate where it's like, even at the lowest possible chance, the catch rate is still so low. Uh, and I don't know if I'm just unlucky or if that's actually something that they did. They scaled the catch rates differently. They changed the po- the the rates that we, in which Ultra Balls or Pokeballs in general catch Pokemon. But like, god damn, excuse my French. Like, wow, it, it some 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 of these Pokemon just take a a long time to catch. And when you're trying to collect the Pokedex, it's a you know it's a blessing and a curse. It gives a little bit of fun and challenge to it, but oh, it can just take so long sometimes. 
Uh, and last but not least, before we get into the story and we get into our first segment of the episode, uh, or our only segment of the episode, um, I'm going to talk about the wild area a little bit. Uh, like I said, uh, I'm going to talk about the um, the raid battles uh, after the fact uh, in next episode. Uh, but right now I'm going to talk about the wild area. I think the wild area is really cool, and I think that it's a beautiful addition to the game. I love the wild area i think that it's it's such a fun place to explore and find stuff in and the fact that you can even see other trainers in the wild area is so cool it's like a it's like a big hub and i think it it really really works for what they're trying to accomplish with it uh just like a big area where you can just like catch random pokemon you know there's a bunch of different weather there's a bunch of different pokemon there's trainers you can battle or trainers you can talk to and get ingredients for the curry decks uh, there's, you know, there's the max raid battles, there's items. It's very fun. And I really, really, really enjoy the wild area. Uh, I don't really have any complaints with it other than I think maybe there should be a little bit more, um, Pokemon variety, variety, uh, at least in certain areas. Some areas are fine. Specifically, the first area seems like I never really ever go back to like the rolling hills or like anything like that or like even like that whole area, uh, like the the Modestoke part of the wild area, just because like I know it's the first area, but it sometimes seems like no matter what the weather is, it's always the same Pokemon. And I wish that the weather would change what Pokemon are there at least just a little bit more. Later in the wild area, it's a little bit better. But I think that a lot more Pokemon should be able to be found in the wild area. Maybe they like unlock as you go, uh, like the strong Pokemon in the wild area. I just, it's, it just seems like, I know that this is like, this is saying something because you can say this for like pretty much every route in the game. Uh, but like, it seems like once I've caught all the Pokemon in the area and that takes like two minutes, uh, it like, I never go back <laughs> and like, a lot of the times when I go to a certain area of the wild area and catch three Pokemon, I've caught 50% of the Pokemon that I can find in the entire wild area. You know, it's like, that's obviously an exaggeration. Uh, like, you know, I catch, I catch four Pokemon in one area and I've already caught 75% of every other area's Pokemon. It's just, I have to wait for like it to snow so I can catch a snow run instead of like, you know, a sec like a, a million stuffle and you know that's that's obviously a petty complaint but i think that the wild area should have a little bit of quote-unquote replayability i know that's a weird word to use in this situation but replayability in the in the sense that it's more so you can go back and expect something different every time uh maybe not after may, maybe instead of going uh you know going back for the fifth time and not finding anything different maybe eventually maybe like once you've gone to the wild area the 30th time then you should start just seeing the same thing over and over again it just seems like i go to the wild area two or three times certain areas of the wild area and i've already there's no reason to go there anymore does that make sense uh but other than that i think the wild area is a beautiful addition to the game and i think that I i'm very very happy with how they've done it uh, and I hope that they add more things to it in the next installment or just keep it as it is because I would not imagine a Pokemon game with every single Pokemon in it all, you know, what, 900 Pokemon, more than 900 Pokemon at this point. Imagine a wild area with, imagine like a wild area twice the size with, you know, 70% of the Pokedex of the entire 
bunch of Pokemon in that wild area with variety, with different weather, you know, different, maybe like different for differing factors with the weather. That would be insane. The amount of like quote unquote replayability, you know, pseudo replayability that you could have in the wild area would be phenomenally big. And I would, I am so down for something like that. I know that's a lot to ask for, but like that would, that would, it would take up hours of my time just going around looking for different Pokemon, trying to complete the Pokedex. And I think that that's what it should be. And that's what they were going for. It just fell a little bit short in that sense. Uh, anyway, uh, taking a break from Pokemon Sword and Shield, we are going to talk briefly about uh, our first and only segment of this episode. Uh, I'm sorry, Move Tutor. Move Tutor is taking the bench right now. Move Tutor is not going to be happening probably until the episode after next one. Uh, I just don't have time for it. Um, but uh, we are going to do uh, Random Pokemon of the Week. Uh, everybody's favorite segment where we talk about a random Pokemon every episode. And this episode's Pokemon is number 523, the Electric-type Pokemon introduced in Generation 5, Zebstrika. Uh, am I wrong to think that we talked about Blitzel before? I don't think we talked about Blitzel before, but I feel like we've talked about... I feel like I've talked about Blitzel before. Uh, anyway... Uh, Zebstrika is the Thunderbolt Pokemon. It evolves from Blitzel starting at level 27. Uh, it is a pure electric type Pokemon. It has Lightning Rod or Motor Drive or Sap Sipper as its hidden ability. When hit by a grass type move, its attack is... What? Why is... Why is... Uh... Why, why is Zebstrika's signature abil or hidden ability Sap Sipper? It's interesting. Uh, there, there's there must be a reason for it, but it doesn't seem very useful. It's it just seems very niche and very like out of place on on Zebstripa, Zebstripa, Zebstrika. Uh, Lightning Rod and Motor Drive I can understand, but Sap Zipper. Anyway, uh, Zebstrika's gender ratio is fifty fifty. Uh, catch rate is seventy five. Um, its height is five three, shorter than I am, one point six meters. I mean, it's a horse or it's a zebra. Sorry. It's small for a zebra, shorter than I am. Interesting. Uh, 175.3 pounds or 79.5 kilograms. Uh, of course, Zebstrika is the signature Pokemon of Elisa, the uh, uh, you know the the Gen 5 electric type gym. Uh, her infamous Zebstrika. Oof. That that gym in general caused me so much pain. Especially with the, it was mostly because of these um, those emolgas, but oh my lord, like, oof, god. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, if you play Gen Five, you probably know my my pain. Uh, but Zebstrika has always been a really cool Pokemon to me because like, it's just an electric zebra. You know, it's like a lot of Pokemon are very very interesting in design and are based on a lot of things. Zebstrike is just an electric zebra and like that's so funny because like it's a design that works so well and is so unique when it's design or when its concept is so to be expected it's just it's just an electric zebra but like it's it's awesome it's got an awesome design it's got a really really cool concept i i like it a lot it's very very cool it's one of my favorite electric type pokemon uh, I remember using one of my first generation five team. Oh, those are the days. If you could see me right now, if you could see me right now, I'm wiping a non-existent tear from my cheek. 
reminiscing on the good old days of using a zip strike gun my generation 5 team <laughs> um but uh zip Stryka shares its category with electrifier they are both known as the thunderbolt pokemon it is one of the few pokemon whose species name in english is the same as the name of a move wow and uh zip Stryka is the only pokemon with a base stat total of 497 very very cool Zipstrika appears to be based on a zebra. No kidding. It may be also be based on two of Helios' steeds that pulled his chariot, Bronte and Sterope. Sterope? Sterope? Which are Greek for thunder and lightning. The Zipstrika species in Japanese can be translated as the thunder and lightning Pokemon. Wow. That's kind of cool. Uh, Zipstrika's shiny... Zipstrika's shiny to me is one of those shinies that I feel like should be its base coloring with the blue. The blue, I mean, I guess zebras are black and white. I can't really say that, can I? Because zebras are black and white, and like that's their whole thing, being known for being black and white. So you know what? Don't mind me. I just think that Zipstrike is, I think Zipstrike is shiny is cooler than its base form. I think more so in, in Gen 5 than in Gen... Uh, Gen 6 and 7 and 8, I suppose, even though Zipstrike is not in Sword and Shield Rip. Uh, but, like, because in Gen 5, the blue tint that it had sort of made it look like it was, like, it, it like, glowed. You know, it's, like, it, like, it didn't just look like they, they hued it with blue. It looks like it was, like, it actually had, like, a blue tint to its, to its fur and, it, you know, to its, to its mane. Uh, and like you know the blue and the blue and white looks really really good and, and for the for the 3d sprite it just kind of looks like they scaled like they they used like the hue tool in photoshop and just made it more blue at least they like they like magic wanted the black because like there's no change to the color of the blue or the the white in the in the gen in the gen 7 and gen 8 sprites it, it's the same white but in Gen 5, the, the the white was partially blue, and, like, the shading was blue. That's what I mean. The shading on Substrico is blue. And in Gen 7 and Gen 6, they don't really have, quote-unquote, shading. So it, it's kind of lost in that sense. You know what I mean? Uh, and I think that Substrico's sprite in Gen 5 is a lot cooler, at least a shiny form, than a Gen 6 and 7. I would rate Substrico... Uh, in in black and white with an 8 out of 10 and in uh, gen 6 and 7 with a uh, 7 out of 10 so a 7.5 out of 10 for Zipstrika just because of the downfall of the 3D sprite which is a common theme with shiny Pokemon in my opinion I've talked about this before I think I talked about shiny Pokemon briefly in one of my episodes and I talked about or at least during one of the random Pokemon of the weeks I talked about how the gen 6 and gen 7 sprites just kind of are lackluster sometimes anyway moving on to the uh smogon uh page for competitive zipstrika um this is written by uber skitty thank you uber skitty um it has an hp of 75 an attack of 100 a defense of 63 a special attack of 80 a special defense of 63 and a speed of 116 uh, Substrike is only niche among electric types. It's its amazing speed tier. Well, it's in PU, by the way. 
uh, is its amazing speed tier, which allows it to outspeed almost all of the unboosted metagame, including threats such as Floatzel and Alolan Persian, and serve as a revenge killer in late game cleaner. It also has two decent abilities in Sap Sipper and Lightning Rod, allowing it to switch into grass types like Victory Bell and Volt Switch users like a Manetric. Sadly, Zipstrike's special attack is very underwhelming, even with a Life Orb, and it can often be easily countered by common threats such as Lantern and Mudsdale, which often stops its Volt Switch. Due in part with its mediocre bulk, Zipstrike can be easily chipped through priority, hazards, and its own Life, life Orb recoil, making it fear Choice Scarf from priority users. Lastly, it still gets competition with other electric types that can provide more offensive pressure. Alolan Raichu is stronger and sports a sports competition. No, and sports a much better move pool. At least, and and at least Manetric can cripple its counters with Switcheroo. All of these factors combined makes Zebstrika an extremely poor choice in the PU metagame. Aw, poor Zebstrika. Seems like its only real niche is its uh, is its speed, but. I would use this abstract. That's sad. I'm kind of sad now. <laughs> whenever, I, whenever I'm reading like a Smogon page for a Pokemon and it's like, like all of these factors combined makes Zebstrika an extremely poor choice in the PU metagame. Like, you know, I mean, it's Uber's kid. He's just telling the truth, but like, that's so sad. Anyway, uh, Zebstrika's best uh, recommended tier uh, moveset is an all-out attacker, uh, which is Thunderbolt, Volt Switch, Overheat, and Hidden Power Grass. Uh, with a life orb item and uh, with either sap sipper or lightning rod uh, with a four defense a 252 special attack and a 252 speed and with a timid nature which is plus speed and minus attack all right so uh, moving on to my final thoughts about uh, a few things not final thoughts my final the final real thing that I want to talk about um, with uh, with Pokemon Sword and Shield and this episode is the story um, and of course like I said the post game is something that I'm not going to be talking about because of um, I haven't gotten there yet <laughs> I don't know the post game uh, so I'll be doing that next week uh, two weeks from now sorry about that um, so the story so my biggest gripe with this story okay my biggest gripe with the, with that part of the game is there's so many cutscenes, and like Pokemon has always been pretty bad with cutscenes, at least in the 3D games. But like cutscenes, oh, the cutscenes are so bad, especially with Hop, dude. Like it, it really does kind of feel like you can't go anywhere without being stopped by anyone. There's like there's not a point in the game where you're free to go for like 30 minutes at a time without being stopped by someone, and that is probably my biggest gripe with the game. In, in general is just the cutscenes. They're everywhere. Oh, anyway, moving on. Uh, the story was good. Uh, it was interesting from the very beginning. Uh, the very, very beginning with the with the um the slumbering world with the with the the sword with you know the dog sword or shield dog Pokemon was extremely enticing. I like wow, I was not expecting that right off the bat. Uh, and it, it really, really sucked me into like, wow, what is this game going to, what is, what is it going to show? Uh, it sort of dwindled out towards the end. Uh, and then it got, it got very interesting, uh, towards the end or towards the very, very end. It dwindled out like in the beginning or in the, in the middle, sorry. And then it got a little bit more interesting in the end. I say the most, you know, interesting part was of course the final battle with, um, uh, Eternatus. Uh, but like, and the, the whole the whole rose part uh 
uh, it came out of nowhere. <laughs> like, I get it. And, like, I get that's what they were going towards with the whole prophecy and Sonya's thing looking about about the darkest day and about how they saved the world for, like, Dynamax Pokemon. And that was what Eternatus was doing. And, you know, Chairman Rose was just trying to, trying to, like, I don't know. That 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 makes sense with the, the, the you know, the prophecy and Eternatus and stuff. But, like, Rose's motivations just did not seem solid like he wanted to stop something from happening a thousand years in the future we don't even know really what that was like an energy crisis like we don't even really know like what was going on he just kind of was just like hey i want to stop this from happening a thousand years in the future and we have to act now or else it's going to kill us all and it's like okay but like what is it he's like i get out of my way i'm gonna pokemon battle you you know it's like like and like the thing with leon getting involved and trying to stop it was nice oleana was cool by the way i called it <laughs> when chairman rose and oleana were released i called they were going to be the villains and like i know that's not really a huge prediction anyone could have predicted that but i was very very adamant about that prediction and i was right <laughs> and i think i deserve it. i told you so for anyone who thought otherwise <laughs> um but yeah rose's motivation was it wasn't great it was okay it wasn't super interesting the, the that that part of the story wasn't interesting the whole thing with the with the sword and shield pokemon zashin and samazenta was cool was interesting but the the rose part was kind of bad uh the battle with oleana was probably the coolest part of that entire sequence and the the elevator going up in rose tower was the most infuriating thing ever that part could have been completely removed from the game and i would not be sad I would be happier. That part made no sense to me. Why are we going up this elevator and battling people every like 50 floors? Like, I don't get it. Like, oh, it can be stopped from the outside. Shut up. Like, <laughs> that part was so boring. I hated it. It was easy. There was no reason for it. There was absolutely no challenge. I think that putting in things like that where there's absolutely no challenge, even in the Nuzlocke, I was not scared. There was no challenge. We were battling with Hop there was no challenge at all that was probably the most useless part of the entire story and the entire game and i hated it i'm very very adamant about how much i hate that part is so boring watch watch my nuzlocke and skip to that part it i hate that part i hate that part a lot anyway i did lose a pokemon fighting oleana and i was sad like my one of my favorite pokemon but i won't spoil the nuzlocke for you only the oleana battle was cool that that really kind of lifted my spirits at the end of that dumb elevator ride. I think that her battle was really cool. I liked her motivation personally. I I liked Oleana more than I liked Rose. Uh, but overall, that whole entire sequence and that part was just a little boring. Especially and then before even before the elevator part, that dumb thing with the dude with the sunglasses trying to stop us with the key and that part was so messy. I hated that part. That was so unnecessary. Like I get he was stalling for time. I hated it. I absolutely despised that part. Like up from the the point where you get to Winden, or after the the fi after like the finals, right before the finals, or like right right before the the battle with uh with like Chairman Rose, or uh, sorry, um no, like right after the right after the semifinals, right before the finals where you go and you fight 
uh you know the macrocosmos dude who's like trying to keep the key from you and wind in and then you go up the elevator that whole part i wish would never existed that was so boring i hated it so bad so 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 bad but everything leading up to that point and after that point was fine uh yeah i mean it was all right the story was good i like the story i like the 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 eternatus thing that was a really cool i like eternatus as a pokemon i think i talked i talked about eternatus last time i really like it it's poison dragon like that's sick it's cool cool place in the story too i like it i like uh, i like what eternatus is and i like what they did with that how it's sort of like like where max like dynamaxing comes from i like it i like it a lot that was a cool part of the story the whole thing with Sashin and Samasenta and stopping Eternatus was good. Chairman Rose's motivation for it was questionable, but okay. Uh, anyway, uh, going a little bit more in depth about some of the characters. Uh, there's a few more characters I want to talk about. Uh, Hop. I really liked Hop. Hop was fun. Hop was cool. Hop wasn't bad. A lot of people think he's boring. Anyone who thinks that Hop is boring didn't listen or didn't like pay attention to what he talked about. His character arc was actually really nice. He was the one of the first rivals to like actually feel sad about being beaten. Like when you beat him in the finals, if you beat him, I mean, you know, when you beat him in the finals, he looks like he's about to cry, and that's realistic. And I liked that. You know, he, he he was angry and sad that he lost. He's not like, oh, well, you know what? I guess you're the champion now. Like, you know, uh, it's, it's there's a, the rivals becoming champions. Like specifically in uh, Sun and Moon, it was okay. I always thought that you fighting the champion felt more natural. I feel like you fighting the rival all the way up like being a rival and then them becoming champion and then you taking that claim from them seemed a little bit unrealistic. I like that you were on the same level as Hop to, to the very end. And then when you beat him, you had the chance to become champion. You know what I mean? Uh, same with Marnie. Uh, Marnie was fun. I really like Marnie's character. I like Marnie's character better than probably anyone else. And she's cute. She's adorable. Marnie was so fun. I really, really liked Marnie. Um... You know, uh, I didn't finish my thought about Hop. Anyway, Hop, Hop, Hop was really good. Hop, Hop was, uh, yeah, I mean, Hop, Hop was really good. He's a very good rival. I think that, I think that Hop is one of the best rivals so far. Uh, I think that his motivation is very clear. His character development is very clear. He's a little annoying at sometimes, but like, what can you do? That's just, the, that's just the nature of the game and the nature of rivals like Hop, characters like Hop. How was pretty annoying, but I still love him to death. You know, like annoying, friendly rivals. I think he's one of the best of the friendly rivals. And alternatively, I think that Bede, or Bede, however, however you pronounce his name, is one of the best of the, of the, the nasty rivals. I think that Bede's character was really, really, really good. He hated you. And I hated him, <laughs> you know, in a rival sort of way. He, he was, he wasn't the rival where it's like, he was, he was your friend and he was working against you, but he was just kind of a jerk. He literally was a jerk and he was just working against you. He was not your friend. He wanted to see you go down. He was not the kind of rival that wanted to see you go down in a friendly way. He wanted to see you go down because he didn't want you to be there. And I think that's perfect for someone like him. Uh, the whole thing with with Opal towards the very end was funny, and I think it was like a I think it was a very good final thing to his character. How 
sort of a, a goofy mean character got taken out by this also goofy mean gym gym leader uh and the final battle with him felt realistic you know he he stopped the whole thing be like hey uh i'm gonna battle you one more time and if i win or if i lose i will resign myself as a trainer like that is a big risk and he took it and it felt like it was deserved it was it felt like that was what he was leading up to do uh, and the very end with it with the people like oh no don't give up keep going felt it was very nice it, it was a very good conclusion to what he was and i'm very happy i'm very happy with that uh same with marnie i like how she also felt like you know whereas hop was the friendly rival and bead was the nasty rival who wanted to see you fail marnie felt a little bit in between she was your friend she started off not really your friend and she kind of she just felt like she was there and then towards the end, she started to feel more like your friend, but more she, so Marnie is the rival that is your friend, but wants to see you go down because she wants to be the very best and will not let anyone get in her way. Sort of like you are. Marnie felt like more of a protagonist than anything. She was very good. She was very well written. Um, I really liked what she was and like i said i like how she was the kind of thing that she wanted to see you go down but she was rooting you she was she was rooting for you along the way uh and once he won she was rooting for you she was she was a very very good character uh speaking of marnie team yell i don't really have much to say about team yell team yell was not very good they were just kind of annoying then they, they, they just kind of felt like they got in the way more than anything. And I think that's what they were going for, but like not in a good way. The twist was cool. It was, it was kind it was like, I was pretty pleasantly surprised at the twist that like team yells actually just peers is, uh, you know, like, like people like the, the gym trainers, that was what, that was what they were. And they were just trying, they were just rooting for Marnie. I did like that. But overall, they were not very good. I don't really like them. They were a little bit forgettable. Uh, I think they're probably one of the weakest team teams, right right beside Team Flare, in my opinion. Uh, they weren't great, but they weren't horrible, I will say. Uh, and uh, last but not least, I'm going to talk about the gym leaders. I adore the gym leaders in this game. The gym leaders are so full of personality. They're so... They're so good. They're, I love their designs. I love their battles. I love their trials. I love the trials. The trials are cool. Uh, some of the trials are really cool. I especially like um, um, Kabu's with like the tr with like fighting Pokemon and like fighting for the Pokemon. Uh, I, I especially also really liked um, Gordy's with the Sandstorm and stuff like that. That was very fun. That was very interesting. That was a very like uh you know that was a very uh fun trial i like that one where you like couldn't or you couldn't see the things in the in the in the floor and you had to get feel the vibrations in your joy con to like make your way through that was cool i like that a lot uh but just the, the gym leaders are bursting with personality i especially love gordy and milo they're so good they're all so good and i like how they actually interact with you uh, if you haven't been able to tell i got sword so i didn't get to see the ice gym leader or uh, Alistair, uh, but if I ever have a chance to play uh, Shield, I will tell you how I feel about them. Uh, but like all oh, the gym leaders are bursting with personality, and I love how they actually got to to interact with you. I really like their dynamic. I really really like what they were going for with them, and I I love them all. I love their personalities. It really feels like you know their personalities, 
uh, as aside from some of the earlier games where they were just kind of there. You know, they just felt like roadblocks. And in this game, they really did feel like characters. Uh, and finally, uh, I want to take a moment to talk about the Elite Four and how much I loved that concept. I always felt like the Elite Four should be sort of like a tournament-esque sort of thing. Um, I'm a little bit disappointed in the fact that we didn't get any Elite Four members, and that's literally just because I would have loved to see their personalities and like their designs. Uh, but I don't mind fighting the gym leaders again. I like how you kind of did just go through like, like you went through like a semi elite four when you fought bead and then hop and then Marnie. And then immediately you went into the quote unquote elite four when you fought uh, the, you know, the four gym leaders that, that win against everyone else. It felt natural. It fe- it was a very good thing i liked it a lot and i hope they go through with it again not to mention just this this goes for the gyms as well and uh next episode i'll talk about the music uh but not to mention that the atmosphere of the of the stadiums was it really helped like having all of these people watching you and having the music reflect that it really helped hype up the moment and i'm very glad that they did it in that way because it 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 like I said, it really hyped up the moment, and I, I liked that. It was very, very refreshing and very good. Uh, but yeah, I I really, really adore how they did the Elite Four, and I hope that they do this sort of tournament-style, uh, you know, fight, like, kind of gauntlet. Like, I guess, I guess the Elite Four is always a gauntlet, but, like, you know, fighting your rivals and then going through, like, a realistic tournament setting and then finally ending with Leon. Leon's battle was also very fun. I like Leon's battle. It was a good a good champions battle. I think I'll talk more about his battle when I talk about his theme uh, next episode when I talk about the music. Uh, but, uh, you know, it was good. No, no, no real complaints. Uh, he was a little bit of a pushover, but that's just because of the whole difficulty scaling. Uh, and, you know, that's that's talk for another day, uh, really. Uh, so what do I think? What do I, what do I think now that I've talked about this? Uh, I forget. Did I give a rating for last episode? I don't remember. I think I gave the new Pokemon like a seven out of, or eight out of 10. I don't remember. Uh, I will check, but I, I will give the story and gameplay aspect in eight out of 10 as well. I think that it was really good. I think the mechanics are solid. I think that the wild area is solid. The characters are so solid. Everything, everything is so good. There's just a few minor complaints and like it, this game almost seems like it does it it does certain things perfectly, but a few things fail to meet meet my expectations. But when they do fail to meet my expectations, they really don't meet them. You know, it's like they either do something really good or really bad. Uh, and I think that that's an interesting dynamic. It's sort of like they took a lot of risks and I think that hails well for the development of later Pokemon games. Uh, anyway, that is going to do it for me today. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Um, thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for 20 episodes of Extreme EvoCast. It really, really means a lot. Uh, and I will catch you all in the next one on Christmas Day for my uh, for my third and final conclusion for my Pokemon Sword and Shield review. Uh, anyway, catch you all next time. Thank you so much for listening. See ya. <laughs>